This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Chang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. There's no Syracuse men's basketball at the moment, but there's still news about the team happening now that we're in the offseason. Judah Mintz put his name into the NBA draft on Monday. He'll go through the evaluation process, and that's a really smart move on his part. He retains his college eligibility while getting a report from NBA executives on whether he projects as a first-round pick, and if not, what he needs to work on. Keep an eye out on June 12th because that's the deadline to withdraw from the process and still be able to come back to Syracuse. We'll have NBA scout Ryan Blake on the program in May to talk about what he thinks of Judah's NBA chances. In the meantime, it's the 20th anniversary of the 2003 National Championship team, and the Post Standard has produced a documentary called Will to Win, which will debut on March 29th at the Landmark Theater in downtown Syracuse. They've got all the big names in this documentary, Carmelo Anthony, Jim Beheim, Jerry McNamara, Hakeem Warwick. It was a huge undertaking, and Syracuse.com's Mike Waters was the lead reporter on this. And we bring Mike on now. Mike, how are you today? Thanks for coming on. I'm good, Wes. How are you doing? Yeah, Mike, doing well. So again, you're the lead reporter on Will to Win, which has its debut next week, March 29. I know you put a tremendous amount of work into it. So just as a threshold question, tell me a little bit more about the genesis of it. Well, it's it's an idea that was generated about a year ago. Uh, My boss, our sports editor, Nate Mink, uh, came to me at the end of last season, and we were talking about goals and things to do up in in the upcoming year. And we we both noted that it was going to be the 20th anniversary of the 03 team, and we wanted to do something special. And really, it was Nate that pushed the idea of um, doing something more than just a series of stories, doing something more than just a where are they now, doing more than your oral history. And eventually, what was developed was this idea of let's do a documentary. Let's do a 30 for 30 uh, style uh, piece on this team. And it's not something we've ever tried uh, to do before at the post standard or Syracuse.com. So it was a rather ambitious effort, but really it started with a conversation a year ago. And really we probably should have had the conversation a year and a half ago, because it's one of those things you learn when you do something for the first time. We needed a lot more time. We could have used a lot more time. Uh, it required a it required a, a little bit of effort to get this thing over the finish line. So, Mike, as you said, it's an ambitious project. Josh Pace was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Andrew Cowie's coming on a little bit later. Both mentioned to me that you spoke with them. It sounds like you got everyone or next to everyone to appear. That's got to be difficult because, I mean, let's be honest here, not everyone left Syracuse on the best of terms. We talked to every single scholarship player. We talked to four of the team's walk-ons, and we talked to every single coach, uh, head coach Jim Beheim and every assistant coach. So, uh, But if you have a player or a coach in mind, ask me straight out. I'll tell you whether we got them. I'll tell you how it went. <laughs> yeah, well, one guy that immediately comes to mind for me is Billy Edelin. He definitely had a rocky path to even getting on the court at Syracuse, and then he couldn't finish his college career. So what was the process behind getting a hold of him and getting him to chat with you? Uh, Billy uh, sat down for an interview. Uh, we did it right here in Syracuse. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I, it took a little bit of doing. Uh, Billy's busy. Billy can be a little evasive. Uh, but 
you know, I've known Billy since he was about a high school junior, high school senior. So, you know, with a little bit of talking off cameras, you know, setting it up, talking to him, assuring him that, you know, what the piece was going to be about, that it really was about, you know, a celebration of the 03 team on its 20th anniversary. Um, and it was great, though, because once we did sit down with Billy, it was really one of the better interviews. And we really got to talk to him about, you know, the, the fact that he had to sit out those first 12 games of that season and what that experience was like for him. And a lot of the guys, a lot of the other guys, his teammates, talked about, you know, what Billy went through uh, that year and, and the year before, too, when he had to miss the entire year uh, when he was suspended by the university and how much it meant to them when he was finally able to rejoin the team. Uh, you know, one of the guys that we talked to about it was Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo and Billy were roommates uh, Carmelo's freshman year. Uh, so Carmelo was right there. Um, you know, Troy Weaver, the assistant coach on the team, right before the opener against Memphis, Troy had remained in Syracuse to stay with Billy when they were expecting the NCAA's uh, decision to come down. You know, Troy actually wasn't with the team uh, the night of or even the day of the Memphis game at the Garden because he was staying with Billy. So, yeah, we talked with Billy. He was one of the guys, and, and I'm telling you, he, he adds a lot to the documentary. Mike, don't give away the whole documentary here, but do you have a particular favorite story you heard while filming this? Well, um, uh, one of the themes of this whole documentary is how this whole team came together. It was such a young group. You only had nine scholarship players. Four of them are freshmen, and three are sophomores. And it's a team that's coming off a, a, a disappointing season the year before when they went to the NIT. So coming off a disappointing season, this very young group and how they came together. And one story of, of like how, you know, there were so many different reasons and factors of how this team did come together and develop such an amazing cohesiveness. And one, one is the story of Jeremy McNeil. And Jeremy McNeil has a very personal story that several of the guys on the team talk about in, in terms of how it kind of galvanized the team, how it took Jeremy McNeil uh, and changed him, changed his personality in a, lot of the, in a lot of ways. And it centers around the death of Jeremy's mom that season. And uh, we hear from a lot of different folks, including Jeremy McNeil, about how that changed Jeremy and how he almost didn't come back. He, he, he thought seriously about leaving Syracuse just before the start of that season and going home to Texas, and he was going to stay there. And actually it was something that at one point he didn't want to go to his own mom's funeral because he was afraid he would actually end up staying in Texas because he had a younger brother and sister, and they had all just lost their mom. And how he wound up actually going to the funeral, who made that happen, um, and and how you know how it, the whole experience changed Jeremy is a really it's an amazing story and a lot of folks come together to tell it. That sounds amazing, Mike. And uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. How much are you personally looking forward to? You just mentioned it took more than a year to put together, and this was your first time doing it. So I imagine you're really looking forward to March 29. I'm really excited to see it. I'm excited for our big event at the Landmark Theater uh, on next Wednesday, March 29. 
Uh, if you're listening to this in the, anywhere near the Syracuse area, you can get your tickets uh, either at the Landmark box office or if you want to go online, you know, the Landmark's website uh, has tickets available. I, I can't wait for that night. Um, it's been a process. I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work that we've done, uh, myself and my coworkers. Right now, I can't imagine doing it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe once it's over, I could be talked into another project. I've learned a lot. I, I learned a lot about interviewing for a documentary. It's different than the interviewing style that I've developed over the course of a long career as a reporter. It's very different. I had to be coached uh, at the outset uh, on on how to do better, you know, on how to perform better interviews in this setting. It's completely different. Um, I had, I learned to write for a documentary. I learned to write a script. I've never done anything like that before where, where we piece together different interviews prior to the editing process and, and kind of to, to assist the film's editor in, in how to set it up myself and my boss, Nate Mink, who uh, did, did the writing. He did the bulk of it. Um, you know, if you want to make a Hamilton reference, uh, he, he wrote as much as Hamilton. I wrote as much as James Monroe, but still <laughs> it was, <laughs> Yeah, anybody who's seen Hamilton laughed. Anybody who hasn't doesn't know what I'm talking about right now. Um, but it it was a process, and I learned a lot from it. And it's I can't wait till we get there. It's going to be a great evening. So many of the former players are coming, uh, and the you know some of the coaches too. The current coaching staff, uh, you know Jim Beheim, Adrian Autry, Jerry McNamara, Alan Griffin are all going to come. But former players uh, from that team, from well, of course Jerry McNamara, but. You know, Matt Gorman, Josh Pace, Jeremy McNeil, Quest Dwayne, um, I can't remember if I said Matt Gorman or not, uh, but several of the walk-on guys, you know, Ronnie O'Haran's coming, Tyrone Albright, Josh Brooks, Gary Hall, all these guys we interviewed for the project, they're all going to be coming to the premiere. So it's a chance for fans not only to see the documentary, but they're going to see the players and coaches. Um, if you get a VIP ticket, there's a mix and mingle after. There's also going to be a a Q&A panel that's open to everybody uh, that will have a few select players and coaches up on stage. It's going to be a fun night. I can't wait till we get there. Like I said, I don't know if I ever want to do this again, but maybe somewhere down the line. Mike, we're looking forward to it. Thanks so much again for coming on and talking to us about it. And we'll catch up with you soon. Okay, Wes, thanks for having me on. Mike Waters, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite guests to have on the program. Again, The Will to Win will debut on March 29th at the Landmark Theater in downtown Syracuse. We'll leave a link on the juice on how to get tickets, but just incredible work by Mike and the Post Standard to get every single Syracuse scholarship player and coach from the 2002-2003 season for the 20th anniversary of the team's national championship. I can't wait to see it. It's very cool to hear about how it all came together. We'll take a quick break. I'll be joined by the Juice Online's Andrew Cowie after. I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
So as Mike Waters said, he interviewed all the scholarship players from that 2003 team, including Josh Pace, who came on the podcast last week. And another one of the players he interviewed was the Juice Online senior college basketball analyst and a member of that national championship, Andrew Cowie. We bring him on now. Andrew, how's it going today? It's going great, man. Happy March Madness. <laughs> Happy March Madness to you as well, Andrew. And we're still talking about the Jim Beheim retirement a couple weeks later. You played for him from 2000 to 2004. What did you think when you heard the news? Um, I mean, I think I don't think anyone is, you know, when they heard the news or, or was probably shocked by. It. Obviously, it's been a topic of discussion for many years. But you know, it's uh, I'm glad that um, we got to be up there one last time, the, the 2003 team, to kind of celebrate that championship at home. You know, it was a great kind of victory at home as well. Um, so at least you know he can always say his last home uh, home game was a win. Uh, so I think. Uh, you know, you're, you're, there's a there's a sadness to him because he's just he's just been an institution and just been such a um, you know a great ambassador for not just basketball but for Syracuse the city and Syracuse University. So there's that type of sadness, but you know I'm excited for him in terms of his next chapter of life and uh, and glad that uh, at the end of the day I know maybe it wasn't handled by the university or him the way it kind of those last you know few hours of that last day wasn't ideal uh but at the end of the day i think uh you know we got to the got to the final result and i think uh you know the program is going to be uh in good hands with uh with the coaching staff that we have yeah so that's a good segue into my next question there was a little bit of controversy on how it all went down between Bayheim and the administration do you have a take on what took place I mean, I think it's, to me, it's like, that's like the TMZ of the retirement. It's like, I understand, like, fans are like, in the press and media want to be all, you know, who said this or why wasn't this quoted or how did this come out? But it's just like, uh, you know, let's just like, you know, TMZ gossip. Like, none of us really know the inner workings. We're not behind the scenes. We're all speculating. And, and I understand that just, you know, creates more clicks and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, we should be celebrating a unbelievable 47-year uh, coaching career, but, you know, 60-year just commitment to the University of Syracuse. Um, and just you think about that program, you know, it's Syracuse, New York. We're not a classic blue blood, you know, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. And just to kind of how that program is solidified in college basketball, um, I think is an unbelievable um, you know, story to tell. And uh, to me, that's, that's where the focus should be or, or the talk should talk about should be. But I know that's not the, you know, that's not the sexy part, the cool part that people want to read about. They want to get inside the store, inside, you know, how it all played out. But, you know, none of us are really there. So it's just a lot of, you know, it's just a lot of hearsay and speculation. So Andrew, Jim Beheim is going to be replaced by Red Autry. How do you think he'll do? I mean, I have 100% confidence. You know, I, you know, I don't know Red as much as I do Jerry and and Griff because I played with both of those guys. But just the interaction I've always had with Red, it's always been on a positive, um, you know, mind frame, and he's just enthusiastic. And to me, I think it's also great. Um, you know, it's great for the university. To, you know, to hire African American head coach in the ACC, I think that's spectacular. Um, so I have, I have 100% confidence uh, both in, in, in Red, both in Griffin, both in GMAC, uh, just because I, you know, I know them uh, well enough to know that you know they're gonna they're gonna lead the program in the right direction, and uh, I think we're already off to a good 
good start with uh, the most recent uh, portal transfer. So, um, you know, if we can get like, two more guys to stay, like Judah and, and Jesse and anything like that, that just adds to, um, I think, the excitement and, and looking forward to next year of what, what the team can do. So, Andrew, on March 4, they had a reunion of that 2003 national championship team. How did that go for you? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, to be fair, it was, it was really a spectacular weekend. I mean, a credit really to the university in terms of some of the events they put on, but also to, you know, we had almost every player back, um, you know, except Jeremy McNeil was on his way back, but there was uh, weather and plane issues that he couldn't make it. And the only other player that couldn't make it was Craig Forth because he had a, you know, a special commitment, you know, trip plan with his son. Uh, but other than that, you know, even having Mello there for both uh, both nights was just unbelievable. Um, and I think Coach Beheim talked about it in his press conference after the Wake Forest game in terms of the Friday night event, in terms of the team, the starters, the, you know, talking about the game and the event that was held. And and I think Syracuse, uh, hopefully they'll post that uh, video. I think it was maybe a two-hour event. But um, just to, you know, I think it will be unbelievable f- for fans to uh, just listen to that and really the insights because it was really just an engaging conversation and great insight for Syracuse fans to see kind of what went on behind the scenes. Um, And then just our time together just in the green room and just it was really just a great atmosphere and just, uh, you know, the Syracuse atmosphere. And, And I give a lot of credit to Carmelo as well. I mean, we all know Mello as this, you know, as a star, you know, very famous person. And we sometimes forget, like, I know him as a teammate and we can talk about funny stories about going in school and here and that stuff. But in, in the end, like, he's a pretty famous person. Like, you know, he's in Nike campaigns and all this kind of crazy stuff. And for him to just be all in with Syracuse, I mean, on Friday, we went to Marshall Street. We went to the college bar that we all would go out, you know, when we we're there in college. And it's not like he went into the bar with us and just did like a five-minute wave, you know, show face and then leave. Like he was in there for hours with us, reminiscing, you know, Hakeem, everyone. Take, he was taking pictures with all the students and the fans and just really like giving those guys, the students and fans like, just showing you like how much he loves Syracuse. And I think that was just um, really just made the weekend even more special. And, um, you know, him just giving the speeches and just with Hakeem and Josh. And then I think the cherry on top of it was having Billy Edlin, um, you know, make it there on Saturday. I know, you know, the relationship between Billy and Syracuse probably isn't the best, but, um, you know, there was a, you know, a lot of us have not seen Billy in a while and for him to be there for that, uh, Jersey retirement uh, was unbelievable, and and then I and then I you know that topped it off. You know, Hakeem and GMAC well deserve you know deserving of their jersey getting retired. It's crazy that you know there's three players on that team that have their jersey retired, um, and you think of the storied history of Syracuse. Um, it's pretty it's pretty spectacular. Andrew, we had Mike Waters earlier on talking about the documentary Will to Win. You were among the players that were interviewed, so don't spoil it too much, but do you have a favorite story from that year to share? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter. I think the the most interesting part of that season was just going into the season that was we lost, I think, maybe seven or eight players from either transfer or graduation. And so there was a lot of unknowns, and, and people forget back in 2003 or 2002 when the season started, there was no – 
Instagram and all social media stuff. So we knew who Carmelo was. We knew the name. We knew the name GMAC, but like we, we never really saw them play because it's not like we could just go on Instagram and watch highlights and stuff like that or YouTube. So we're like, okay, we, we, we hear the hype, but what is the hype? Like, and then I just always remember our first time everyone getting together. And we we're just uh, just a run, not even at Manly Fieldhouse, over an archer ball, on, you know, on campus, and just playing, you know, five on five, and you're just watching Carmelo, and you're like, this is this is this isn't this is something special. I mean, six eight, he was he could handle like a two guard post up, doing everything. And you're like, wow. And then with G Mac, obviously the, his competitive nature, um, and then that's when we we're we all knew we're like, okay, we got some real. We got some real players, some real stars with us. And, um, you know, just a collective group, everybody on that team just enjoyed each, like, like liked each other. We all hung out. We all joked around. We just had fun. And from really from, from the time we started just training and practice and everything to the end of the season was just a lot of fun. There was not, there wasn't any yelling or fights or screaming. There was just a really, a really great team in terms of chemistry and um, it's probably probably a, a big reason why we are able to make such a special run. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Wes. The Juice Online Senior College Basketball Analyst, Andrew Cowie, ladies and gentlemen. It's always great to get his perspective on that 2003 National Championship team and also about Jim Beheim's retirement. Again, you'll see clips of Andrew from the documentary next week when it comes out, so we'll see what other stories he's got up his sleeve. I want to close the show on the women's lacrosse team. I closed the show on them last week too, but since then they've moved to 10 and 0, best start in program history now after a win over number 6 Stony Brook on Wednesday. They're now the number 1 team in the country for just the second time in school history. They've won 6 games against the top 25. Senior goalkeeper Delaney Schweitzer coming off her second straight ACC Defensive Player of the Week honors. What a season so far, and I'll keep closing the show on them if they keep it up like this. Very proud of the ladies for all the work they've done this year. That's it for us. I want to thank my guest, the Post Standards, Mike Waters, former Syracuse basketball guard, Andrew Cowie. This is Wes Chang reminding you to leave no stone unturned in your quest to disrupt the rock garden. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com, and we'll see you next time. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.